0: I'm Katherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Katherine Zox Show. Joining me today is author, Forbes columnist, and certified executive coach, Bonnie Marcus. Her new book is Not Done Yet, How Women Over 50 Regain Their Confidence and Claim Workplace Power. Forbes' 50 over 50 list and Mika Brzezinski's Know Your Value initiative are ushering in a much-needed celebration of older women who are shattering age and gender norms. But despite advances made by women in the workplace, pay inequity and underrepresentation in top positions are still a reality. And unfortunately, the situation looks worse for older women who face what Bonnie Marcus calls the double whammy of gendered ageism. In her new book, she lays out assumptions and fears about aging that are holding women back, provides tips and exercises to stop staying small, and proves to women that they can keep their jobs, advance their careers, and do the work they love. She's a certified executive coach, founder of Women's Success Coaching, and has been featured in Wall Street Journal, Business Insider, HuffPost, Fortune, Fast Company, and many more. Welcome to the show, Bonnie. Actually, welcome back to the show. (laughs) Nice yes.
1: To have you. Hi, yeah. Catherine. Thanks for yeah. having me.
0: Great topic, as we sort of talked about a little bit before we went on air. But I guess the key word, Bonnie, is the double whammy of gender yeah. ageism. What is it, and that's sort of guiding all of this, isn't it? Um, it
1: is. You know. Yeah. So you referred to it uh, in the intro that women have always experienced gender bias in the in the workplace. You know, our entire careers. So we aren't paid equally. We don't have equal opportunity for sponsorship and promotion, um, and and so even though that is uh, that has changed over time, it still exists in the in the workplace, and we're very much aware of it as professional women. But now, as we age, and as we show visible signs of aging, we are now subjected to the intersection of both gender bias and ageism. And although men face ageism too, there's no question, women face it earlier because of the emphasis on youthfulness and our appearance.
0: In your book, obviously, you have very specific things, very specific ideas uh, that govern all of this, like what what are the issues specifically that we have to deal with? And one of the, and I'd like to go through some of those because yes, men do, they suffer from some of this, but not like women do. And as you say, we do it older women over 50. I don't think, I mean, this is my assumption. I don't think men over 50 really have a difficulty. They have to get way, you know, 20, 25 years older. I mean, just look at Congress. Um, So let's take one of the, uh, ageist beliefs as you describe in the book um, that we're too old to compete. Older women can't compete. We're not aggressive enough. We're not out there. We don't believe in ourselves enough. We w- w- Lots of reasons why we ourselves feel this way and so does everyone else it appears in the workplace. We're too old to compete but we're not you say. So how do we get over those things? How do we get the, that attitude that's out there? Yeah. Well, I think the
1: first important step is to understand how we have internalized some of these ageist beliefs ourselves, and that's a great example of one. I'm too old to compete, or I'm too old to get promoted. When we really believe that, uh, we need to recognize how that manifests itself and how that affects our behavior, our communication. Um, the way we are um, showing up in the workplace. So if we truly believe that, then we're not going to do the kinds of things that we need to do to compete, to get promoted. You know, it becomes this this vicious circle of, well, I believe this, so I'm going to pull back. I'm going to um, not raise my hand. I'm not going to offer my opinions. I'm not going to volunteer for special projects because people are going to think that I'm too old and I think that I'm too old. So when we hold ourselves back, that self-fulfilling prophecy
0: comes true. Yeah, it is a self-fulfilling process prophecy but as you mentioned in the book and you mentioned one name which came up as I started reading your book uh Nancy Pelosi she's what 80 81 years old and then I thought yeah. of a you know a, a a group of women I mean Ruth Bader Ginsburg Diane Feinstein I'm you know and I think Jane Fonda you mentioned Janet Jane Yellen. Fonda. right yeah, yeah Janet Yellen so what are they doing differently because they didn't get stuck they're not stuck
1: They obviously have the courage and the confidence. You know, they believe in their value. And I think that that's what's really, really important here is that, yeah, we can focus on some of the external things like, oh, I'm not going to let my hair go gray or I'm going to do Botox or whatever. But what we really need to do and really need to lead with is the value that we know that we contribute to our team, to our business. And when we can identify that and lead with that and own that, then we emerge in a very authentic and powerful way.
0: Yeah. And I think that's very true. And I think you even in the book even get more specific in that, more get into the real specifics of it. I mean, one of the things you say about just stop playing small. And I think women tend to do that even before they're 50, even before they age. Yeah. And that's one of that's a real zinger, I think, for women. And that's why they don't get ahead. Men don't play small, maybe even when they should, (laughs) but it doesn't seem to matter to them. But, um, so I think that's uh, that's an important point. Another thing that you do talk about uh, is, um, you know, just in, in advocating for yourself. You know, don't feel afraid to advocate for yourself. We as women, I think, tend to advocate for everybody else. That's not a problem. But we have trouble right. advocating for ourselves, uh, which is really key, and especially if you are aging and over 50. So, um I think that's another one of those important points that you make in the book. What about you know, when you talk-
1: I, in, yeah, in that ahead. whole section about stop yeah. playing small and do what it yeah. takes to stay in the game, all of those tips, Catherine, are things we should be doing our entire career. Yeah. Uh, but the point that I try to make in the book is that now you need to recognize that as you are showing signs of aging, you are more vulnerable and therefore, you need to be vigilant about doing these things now, even if you weren't necessarily vigilant about doing them before. So be proactive. Know that ageism is a reality and take control of your career by doing some of these things like advocating for yourself, uh, building a cross-generational network, raising your hand, sharing your ideas, coming up with a visibility plan. All
0: those things are really important. Uh, Bonnie, I, I have a question. I think you said you had two children. You got divorced when you were in your 30s. Uh, you overcame all the stuff that goes that comes along with that and became very successful. But what do you think as women, you know, when you have children and either you're a single parent or maybe you're not even a single parent, but we don't have difficulty uh, managing our children, managing a household Uh, advocating for our children, getting out there, being aggressive, and yet somehow that gets lost when we get into the workplace.
1: Yeah, I, I believe that we have absorbed a lot of messages from society about what a woman should do and how a woman should behave, you know, that women should take the back seat and be humble and wait to be recognized. I mean, you know, even when I'm saying it, it's kind of like, really, Bonnie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in this yeah. day and age, we're believing yeah, this it? is Bonnie, this is 2021.
0: And you're, I we're know, still so, yeah.
1: Catherine, and it just, yeah. but somehow, I don't know, it's like in our DNA or something. We do often take a back seat, and we um, don't put ourselves out there and compete, and we don't advocate for ourselves, even though, boy, we can do it. You know, just as as you pointed out, if it comes to advocating for our kids, our family, our friends, you know, we are out there. Including if we're in a position in our company where we're selling the company's products and services, we are out there doing it with gusto, but. There is a disconnect somehow when it comes to doing it and doing it um, really well. When it comes to ourselves, that causes us to hesitate. That causes us to to pull back. And I I believe that it a lot of it has to do with the fact that we don't understand um, what our true value is we don 't understand our value proposition, which is how that work leads to positive business outcomes, so that we can put ourselves out there um, through our work and understand how our work can help our organization, our team, our manager reach objectives and move forward. you know if we don 't make it so personal like oh i 'm wonderful, look at me as opposed to Here's what I've been able to accomplish, and I can help you move, you know, reach your objectives the same way.
0: Yeah. So here's what we do. Here's what we produce. And as you say, this is how we could reach our objectives. You say we have to think of ourselves this is another thing badass women. And that's what I'm going to say. What is a badass woman? Is that somebody who's nasty or mean? Yeah. Or <laughs> what do, if we're going to be badass? It's what do we such do? That's a what bad is that? rap, that name. Yeah. Bad ass
1: actors. Yeah, I mean, the reason I put that section in the book is that I feel that uh especially as we age and we are experiencing ageist comments and, and bias, uh we're not you know, we're pulling ourselves back a bit. And we really need to reconnect with that energy and passion perhaps that we had when when we were younger. But if we never had it, now's the time to do that. And and you actually hear a lot of women saying that as they reach 50, they feel much more, much more powerful, you know, that they can voice their opinions, et cetera. And I think we need to do more of that. Own the power of our age. Own the wisdom. Own the lessons that we've learned and the experiences. And not discount it. Because we, you know, we're over 50. We're over 50 and we've accomplished, We, you know, look at all the battles we've fought and won. We've accomplished a lot and we need to own that. There's so much power in that.
0: Let Yeah, there is so much power in that. And I think uh, terrified of aging is one of the things that we have difficulty with, that we, that women are terrified of aging for all the reasons that you mentioned. Our looks, our attractiveness, stuff that. It doesn't really make a difference in terms of our productivity. Um, as a matter of fact, you know, it's just kind of comparing it to men, as uh, the older they get, it seems the more confident they get. The, I mean, look at they—they they feel better about themselves. They get more arrogant, more aggressive. Uh, it's kind of a well. I the think opposite. they're more
1: arrogant and aggressive to begin with. <laughs> to be all right to begin with, it gets and worse. And you know, let's face it—it's still a patriarchy. You know, it's, and if you look at most of the businesses here, at least in the United States, they're still run by men.
0: Yeah, that, that, and that probably is going to take a long time to change, yeah. m- maybe with the next generation, uh, which is one thing that you also bring up in the book. There are so many topics. I, I love it. Cross-generational networking yeah. is really important. Yeah. So, you know,
1: talk, yeah. Well, I... It, from the book's point of view, and, and that was a part of stop playing small, do what it takes to stay in the game. I think it's really important to forge uh, connections, real relationships with people outside of your generation. And we tend to put people in categories based on their age you know, also based on their sexual orientation, their gender, their race, you know, all of that. And then we make assumptions about them based on that category that we put them in. When we actually reach out and build relationships one-on-one, we are able to push a lot of those assumptions and stereotypes aside and really get to know other, other people. And in this case, if you are you know, over 50, reaching out to, to millennials, say, uh, you have a lot to learn from each other. They have things that they can teach you. You have lessons and things that you can teach them. And it, it's a win-win relationship. But it doesn't happen until we are able to push aside our bias you know, oh, millennials feel this way, or they're so entitled, or this or that, and the other thing, and and then that that becomes a barrier to really getting to know. Um, and we can certainly expand our horizons by broadening that network. The other thing it does for you in the workplace is it gives you more visibility as you begin to build these relationships. Um, across the organization. And I believe that the only way that we are going to begin to um, make a dent in this ageism is by having these cross-generational educational conversations uh, so that people really understand that it's, it's more than just this arbitrary category, that these are real people who offer value to one another.
0: Yeah. How do you do that? I know as an individual, I know I've always done that. I, I That's critical. And I think my colleagues and friends who don't do that are probably the most dissatisfied, who kind of stick to their generation and doing the same things with the same people or the same age. It doesn't work. But how do you make that um, in companies, for instance, really make that a goal of the company, make it something that's part of of of, of the company's. I don't know what you would call it, um, training or, you know, really well, become. I, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I I think that um, it would be important to either approach your HR manager or perhaps your direct manager to talk about how to facilitate that type of networking, and you can certainly build a case for it. It, It's good for business. It's good for employee satisfaction and retention. And if you don't have that in your company, you can certainly bring that forward and um, bring that idea about let's start to facilitate a program to facilitate this type of networking so that everybody can benefit.
0: And along with that is, as you say, is mentoring a young person, mentoring someone Uh, that I think that also goes along with it. Um, And then, you know, I, you know,
1: I sometimes I I don't get when companies are so eager to push older women out the door when they push all that wisdom and experience out with them. And, you know, to me, it, it doesn't make sense if if you look at the importance of having role models for younger women, they enter the workforce, they look, and they look at senior leadership, and they're all men. There aren't any female role models to help them. And so this is really important for companies to understand that if you are trying to advance women in general and you don't have any senior women to to act as mentors and role models, then, you know, you're really creating a vacuum.
0: Uh, th- I think that's very true. I think that, um, c- can we look at the Supreme Court? I mean, there are, mm-hmm. <laughs> if the, any of the women who are on the Supreme Court are certainly have and are older women, uh, those are role models. Uh, it seems to work there. Uh, one of the things I think this is really at the end of the book, and you hone in on—you really have to love yourself. You have to start with that, right? And yes. We have, diff- we love everybody else, I guess. I don't know. We love our maybe families, children, but loving ourselves is something else that somehow we don't quite aren't able to do. That. Um, why not? And
1: this is something you know we probably have suffered from you know, maybe our our whole lives. But I think that now when we are experiencing so much gendered ageism from our society, uh, when you look at the way older women are treated, we need to um, just create a barrier for ourselves against that kind of bias and the best way to do that is to say, "You know what that's all that stuff out there, but it all starts with me and 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 loving myself in the book I talk about writing a love letter to yourself about Put yourself first. What are, you know all the things that that are wonderful and lovable about you, and really hold on to that so that you know so that you can show up." Really authentically and powerfully um, in society every day.
0: Yeah, and get out of your comfort zone, as you say. I think that's also another difference. It's so easy to stay in your comfort zone. And even when you're in your comfort zone, saying, Well, I did, uh, you know, I did get out of my comfort zone, maybe, you know, did one small thing or whatever, but you really have to sit down and, you know, take those skills and, take them to the next level and you can do that at any age, whatever this your skills are. Right. So I think that's critical. Right. Um, But we getting, we only, we don't have that much time left, but I was thinking I have a, a, an aging, aging mother, very smart, very successful. And yet she sits there with her caregivers and they talk to her like she's a child and she's deary and cute and sweet. And I'm always at, please do not, you know, I, I have to interject, but I think that kind of, sort of defines how the world, unfortunately, sees us as aging women.
1: Very true. And, uh, I mean, I understand that part of it. I, I think what bothers me the most, Catherine, is a lack of respect, you know, for where your mother has been, what she has accomplished in her life, you know, now to, to treat her as a child is so disrespectful. Yeah. There are other cultures, of course, that have much more respect for their elders, but not in the United States.
0: No. Um, yeah, I guess our wisdom, I guess the word wisdom comes to mind as I was reading mm-hmm. your book. We, we This wisdom needs to be, we need to get it out there. And whether it's in the workplace or with the family or wherever we are, if, we were, if we're going to be successful. Well, speaking of wisdom, we have a couple minutes left, so your book is great, um, not done yet, uh, Bonnie Marcus uh, website or websites we can go to, to uh, we can buy the book online, um, bookstores any, everywhere, but also uh, websites to keep us abreast of what you're doing. I mean, I know you have a podcast.
1: I do, yeah. The podcast is Badass Women at Any Age.
0: Okay. <laughs> Great name. And... Book well. We can go to bonniemarcus.com. dot uh, com.
1: No, the my my website is bonniemarcusleadership. dot com.
0: Okay. Okay. Great. Great having you on the show today. Thanks so much for being on again. And uh, oh, yeah. thanks, Catherine. Yeah. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with the microphone, and you've been listening to the Catherine Zox Show.